I'm excited and honored to begin a new series. Um, we're calling it Head Games. It's called Head Games, and we're going to be talking for a couple weeks about mental health. Uh, you just heard a plug for uh, March 18th and 19th. Um, I, I just want to further plug that. Uh, don't let this just be another event that kind of comes and goes. Can I, can I encourage you, can I challenge you to make some time for this seminar? Um, what we're going to find today in our word, I, I'm hoping I can communicate it really well, um, is that we need each other. So even though you might be sitting here saying like, I'm not struggling with this stuff, so I don't want to like go and like anybody to think that I'm struggling because like, like what we're going to do today is I'm going to, I really want to remove the shame that is paired with mental health. That if I go to a seminar, people are going to think I'm struggling. So what if they do? Because there's no shame in struggling with anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, whatever you're struggling with. How many know there's people all around us that are struggling? So you, you might be okay but the people around you might not be okay. And we're going to need each other in this journey. We're going to need each other in, in this battle. Um, and so I would encourage you, come. If, if you're struggling with these things, come. If you're not struggling with these, came, these things, come and get equipped. Um, and let's walk this thing out together. Amen? Um, I, I'm excited to share what's, what, what the Lord's put in my heart today. Again, I told the first service, like, I've got like, uh, like three different directions. So we're going to see where we go this time. I, I don't know. So if you're here first and you, and you got something, we'll see. I, I think we might go the same way, uh, but we'll see. You're like, that's not very reassuring. Um, we'll, we'll pray that it's good, okay? Um, but I just think, I think before we pray and jump in, I just think it's so important that you and I and, and whoever gets up on this stage and preaches that we go to God's word together and we see what he has to say on the area of our mental health. We see what he has to say on the area of our anxiety and our depression, and these things we are currently walking through. Uh, we're living in an age today where anxiety, depression, suicide is on the rise. And we have to start a conversation about it. We got to start talking about it. We got we to gotta start breaking the silence about it. And so... Bear with me today. We're going to hit some, some heavy, heavy topics. We're going to hit some heavy subjects. But just hold on with me today and lean in and help me preach. Because this is oftentimes not that easy to preach. But I'm believing, like, I, I don't have all this figured out. I'm up here right now. And I can tell you I struggle with some of these things we're going to talk about today. And I hope that's okay. I hope that you don't expect a preacher to get up and be like, I'm perfect. Now you be perfect, okay? Because then we're all just living in a fantasy land and that's not real and nobody wants that. But I want you to know that even as we get up here and we talk, we struggle as well. And we're all in this thing together. Amen? I, I came across a study recently, and there was a professor at Cornell University, and he, he, was, uh, taking, he was doing a study. I was studying a study. And uh, he had about 1,200 senior citizens and, and, and people that were, you know, in their mind, they were saying, well, you know, starting to get towards the end of our life. And and he asked all kinds of questions, but one question really stuck out to me, and the response was incredibly overwhelming that a lot of these people, they answered the same exact way. And he asked, he asked when, you got, when you're getting to the end of your life, you know, what, is, what would you say your biggest regret is? What would you say your greatest regret is? And it was overwhelming how many people said, we wish we didn't worry so much. We wish we didn't worry so much. I feel that, man. You know, I, I read it recently that 85% of the things that we worry about don't even happen. 85% of the things that we stress and we worry, what if, what if, what if, what if, they don't ever even happen. 
We are suffering in our minds. We are fighting a battle in our minds. There are, if I could say it with our series, head games going on up here. And my job, my goal today is that I would get you to move your heart to tell somebody about it, to tell somebody what you're going through, to tell somebody what's going on up here, what's going on in here. I love what Paul says. Paul says this in, in Philippians, and I like this verse so much. It's like when we talk about mental health, we kind of got to go here. I think this is like the mental health portion of Scripture. It's so good. He says this in Philippians 4, 6-7. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Or can I say it like this? Present your anxiety to God. Present your depression to God. Present your stress to God. Present your worries and your troubles and your circumstance to God. And what happens next is a promise. It's a promise for you and it's a promise for me. He says this, the peace of God, or I can say it this way, the person of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and it will guard your minds in Christ Jesus. I showed this with the first service, and I think that this is going to be a really a big theme in our talk today, is that, you know, I used to read this verse, and I don't know why, I don't know why, but I always read it like this, that the, the peace of God will transcend all, all your understanding, and it will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And you're like, what's the difference? We missed it. I missed it too. Uh, it's not singular. It's plural. Why does that matter, Stephen? Because when we're going on this journey of mental health, we're going on this journey of walking with anxiety, walking with depression, walking with suicidal thoughts. I need to encourage you today that this was never meant to be something that you did on your own. This was always meant to be something you did in a community of people. Can I remind you, Paul is writing to the church in Philippi. And he's not writing to individuals, he's writing to a community. He's writing to a church. And so if Paul was speaking to you and me today, he, was, he, would say, he would say, this is the promise of God, that the peace of God, when you pray and you petition and you come with thanksgiving, that the peace of God, it's going to transcend all your understanding. It's going to go beyond anything you can understand. It's going to permeate every circumstance and challenge you are currently facing. But hear me, it's going to guard your hearts together and your minds together. We can't do this thing on our own. There's not really anywhere in scripture I can find where, where it's like, okay, solo Christianity. No, like as I study and as I become more familiar with Paul's writing and the New Testament, I see time and time again, promises made not to individuals, but to communities. And I love it so much because he says this peace that you don't even understand, it's just there. It's going to guard your heart, your emotional health, and it's going to guard your mind, your mental health. It's, it's going to guard. It's going to, can I, can I tell you, I love the peace of God, man. Because the peace of God, it is not, it's not based on your circumstances. The peace of God is not based on your exterior environment. The peace of God is not, the, it's not the peace that the world gives. In Idaho, where we put locks on our doors and we got guns in our cabinets. Somebody said amen, right? Because we love our guns. 
And while that's so cool, can I tell you how much better the peace of God is? It transcends all understanding. It surpasses all knowledge. It permeates every challenge we are facing. Come on, it's the peace of God. Is anybody thankful for the peace of God, which is not of your own doing? It's a gift. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. You can only receive it. Today, you're like, okay, well, how do I, okay, how do I know that, how do I know that I'm doing it right? Can I tell you today, God cares about your mental health. How do I know? Because he has set up in his word 2,000 years ago a remedy, a pathway, or a prescription, if I may, to peace, to wholeness, to hope. See, this is, a, this is a topic that we have to talk about. It's a topic that we have to break the silence about. And I want to say this again. I'm so thankful for a church and a leadership that wants to take time and do a series. This is not my idea. This is like our leadership's idea. We're bringing in somebody because we want to take time and we want everybody to know this is important. This is paramount. This is imperative that you get into this seminar because this is not something that's just going to go away. Can I tell you, this is something that's getting worse and worse and worse. I think if the answer is going to come from anywhere, it's got to come from the church. I think if the solutions are going to come from anywhere, it's got to come from the church. It's got to come from here. And so we got to get together and we got to get, we got to, we got to see Jesus together and we got to go to Jesus together and we got to walk with one another and walk this thing out. Just feel like anxiety and depression are on the rise. I feel like so many conversations I've had recently where we get past like the surface level conversation, you know, like, how are you? I'm good, good, good. Okay, cool. Good to see you. And they're like, when we actually have a conversation, it's like, how are you doing? Struggling, man. It's like anxiety. I just feel depressed. Like it's, it's tough, man. Life is, life is heavy. So many people in this room, so many people watch it online, so many people in our world today, you would say, I feel like honestly in my life right now, it's just hard to breathe. There's a heaviness. There's an anxiety that sits with us almost at a constant. And I don't know what it is. You know, there's a lot of reasons, and I don't want to spend too much time today going over all the reasons, but maybe, again, that, that you're, just, you're just so busy that you haven't had a break in a while. Can I encourage you? Take a break before something breaks. Maybe your job is so demanding. We could preach that. Maybe your family is just so demanding and you're doing the best you can. But man, life is catching up to you. Maybe, maybe in the past you've, you've let people down, you've failed, and now today you spend your life overcompensating, making sure I don't do that again because what will happen if I do that again? And there's so much stress. Maybe there is loss or grief or trauma or broken relationships. I don't know what it is, but can I encourage you? You are in the right place today. You're in the right place today. You're in the right place today because God is not saying, I want you just to tough your way through it. God is not saying, get some more willpower. That God did not show up today to be your coach. He did not show up today to say, try harder, work better, get up earlier, just do it. No, he came to tell some people today, I've got a peace that is supernatural. I've got a peace that passes all understanding. I've got a peace that you don't even understand. Listen, doctors don't understand it. Scientists can't solve it. It just passes our understanding and it's available to you. Can I say it this way, friend? The peace of God is not a principle or a concept or an idea. It's a person and his name is Jesus. He's the person of God. 
And so Jesus is here today and he's saying, I don't just provide you peace. I provide you me. I give you myself. I'm here. What does the Bible say? He's close to the brokenhearted. How's your heart? How's your mind? God's near. He's near. Come on, is anybody thankful that our God is near? Ooh, I could preach that. I'm not going to, though. He's close to you. No, don't. Okay. I just... Let me, let me give you... I know this is hard, but let me, give me, let me give you some bad news before we get some good news, okay? The bad news has got to come so we can get the good news, right? Okay? Are you, are you guys good? Okay. And it, it, let me give you some heavy stuff, but I promise it's going to get better, and it's going to get gooder, and it's going to be awesome. But we, we, we see depression, anxiety, suicide, they're on the rise. Self-harm, it's on the rise. Um. And this is not a 2020, 2021, 2022 thing. I don't know if you remember, and it, I said that in the first sermon, someone was like, no. It's like, I know, 20, it's been 16 years since 2020. Like, it's just been a long time. But I don't know if you remember, but even in 2019, even in 2018, even in 2016, 17, 15, I'm out of order. Depression, I can count. Depression and anxiety they were on the rise. And here's the problem is as, as humans, as Americans, as whatever you want to call us, I don't know what it is, but it seems like from a young age, we're kind of taught to like shove down negative emotions. Don't show your negative emotions because nobody wants to see it. Don't show your anger. Like if you get angry, go into a room by yourself and punch a pillow. Okay. Don't cry. Hey, don't cry. Hey, you know, I remember like having a coach and I got, I got hit in the head with a baseball one time. I was up to bat. And I start crying. My coach came out. I was like, don't you cry? Don't you cry? And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, my ears are ringing. He's like, don't cry. I don't know what it is. Like we think negative emotions. Whoa, get away from me. But I'm just like, can I tell you the pathway to healing is not to shove negative emotions down. The pathway to healing is to lean into those negative emotions, to experience it, to feel it, and to walk right through it. Friend, I came to tell somebody the only way to get to is to go through. You can't get to where you want to be if you don't walk right through it. We got to learn to stop ignoring it. I know there's some, some men in here, man. I don't know if you know this, but I know what it's like to be a man. Duh. Okay, I know, I understand, man. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, man. Get yourself together. Bro, calm down. What if we just normalized a culture that said it's okay to not be okay? You know, the, the statistics, I, I didn't look them up, so I don't know them, but I know the statistics for men in mental health are, are, are they're crazy because nobody wants to talk about it. We just, I'm just going to do this on my own. I got this. Stop. If I could speak something to you today, let the light in. Let somebody in. Speak up. Break the silence. The silence is not helping you. It's hurting you. Today, in 2022, there are, 2021, 2022, there are twice as many suicides as there are homicides in America. You know, it's like growing up, 
you go through school and you're like, what are you afraid of? I'm afraid of like being like kidnapped and like somebody like harming me. You know, it's like, don't go down any alleys, you know, like we're scared to go to big cities because we're like, we're going to get beat up. We're going to get mugged. Like I have friends who live in LA. I said this in the first service, but I have friends who live in LA and like in like two months, their car was broken into 16 times. It's just like crime, man. And we live in this world where we're kind of like, I'm kind of scared of other people. Or maybe you're like, no, I'm carrying, I'm good. Um, it's Idaho, you know, I got to be relevant. But like, uh, it's just like, you know, what's crazy is your biggest threat is not somebody else harming you. It's, it's yourself. Suicide today is, is the second leading cause of death in ages 11 to 30 in America. And man, I, again, this is one of the reasons I do what I do because our teenagers are hurting. Our teenagers are just being bombarded and social media and comparison and seeing everything. It's just like, it's constant. It's nonstop. It's, it's just a lot of things that go into it. But our teenagers, man, and again, I'd say this with, 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 with total conviction. I apologize. I have not talked about it enough. I do. We need to have more conversations. Because our teenagers, they need some people to stand with them and tell them, I see you, I love you, I'm here for you, I'm going to walk this through with you. I just, again, I think if the the answers are going to come from anywhere, if the good news is going to come from anywhere, it's got to come from the body of Christ. Because there are people all around us all the time who are struggling, and we need some people to be able to stand. I'm standing with you. I'm standing in the gap with you. I'm standing here, and I'm not moving. I'm not judging. I'm not giving you my opinion. I'm just here to love you. I'm just here to walk with you. I'm just here to listen to you. Hello. That's why I'm here. we got to let people know, and I mean this with, with complete confidence and boldness, that this pain will not last. That your anxiety will not last. Your depression will not last. Your suicidal thoughts will not last. There's hope. There's hope. There's wholeness. And if it's the last thing I do, I will spend my life pointing people to the wholeness and freedom and joy and peace and love found in Jesus. And Jesus alone. Jesus alone. You know, what we need is we need the Holy Spirit. I know you know that, and I know this is a church that we talk about that a lot, but friend, we can't walk through this life without the Holy Spirit. I love what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. He says he's our comforter, and he's our counselor. <laughs> See, don't, hear my heart, hear my heart. I love, I believe in counseling. I believe in therapy. I, I, I seriously, I think that like, when you hear, oh, you're in therapy? Oh, you okay? Again, the stigma. Man, I know some of the healthiest people. Some people I look up to, my heroes. They, they're like, oh, we go to therapy. Oh, you guys look, yeah, we're good. We just want to make sure that like, we, we're putting up guards. Can, can we normalize therapy? Can we, more, can we normalize counseling? And I say this, I know this isn't popular, but can we, can we even normalize medication? I know. It's, it's, it's not either or, friend. I know you're really faithful. I know you're really spiritual, but it's not either or, it's both and. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to see a therapist. It's okay to see a counselor. It's okay if your doctor tells you that you might need medication. I'm not going to promote that because I'm not a doctor, but if your doctor really feels that way, 
It's not one or the other. It's, it's both and. Because then you better get into church and you better take Paul's prescription that by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, I, I will present my request to God and then I get a promise, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. It's going to guard my heart. It's going to guard my mind. So I believe in counseling, but can I encourage you? There's no counselor like the Holy Spirit. There's no comfort like the Holy Spirit. There's no peace like the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So we got to break the silence. I just came today to tell some people, break the silence. I'll remove stigmas and I'm going to point you to Jesus. That's why I'm here. That's all. That's my, that's my, that's my goal today. So if this isn't the best sermon you've ever heard, I apologize. Come back next week. Okay. But like, I'm not here to impress you. I'm here to help. I'm here to help me. This is for me. See, the lie of the enemy so often is, is what you're going through is not a very big deal, and so you shouldn't talk about it. And I'll tell you, there's some truth to that, the first part, that maybe what you're going through right now is not that big of a deal, but what I've learned is if you leave it unaddressed, if you don't lean into it, it's only going to get worse. I have lived with anxiety for a while now, and I've been pretty quiet about it for a while and what I found is, you know, I, people around me, man, they're a lot worse than I am. So I don't need to talk. I just want to be here to help. And what I found is as I ignored my anxiety, it only got worse. It's only getting worse. But there's hope when we shine light in darkness. There's healing when we shine light in darkness. And you did, I, I want to say this statement and I want you to eat, write it down tweet it, whatever you do, I don't care. But I just want you to remember, it's not a sin to be sick. I don't know what it is, but somehow in the church world, there is a stigma attached to mental health. Somehow we don't see anxiety and depression as the same as other sicknesses, especially physical sickness or physical brokenness. Like I've used this analogy before, but like when somebody breaks an arm, like they come into church with the church or school, whatever, they have a cast on their arm and they got a story to tell. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, what happened? You're like, you'll never guess. <laughs> Jumped off a 45-foot building. It was awesome. You're like, that sounds stupid. I know. I'm a maniac. Took my bike off a sweet jump. Broke some toes, ribs, punctured lug. Broke my arm. No big deal. It's pretty cool, though. Like, like we're, not sh- we're not ashamed about physical brokenness. For some reason... We're ashamed about emotional and mental brokenness. And I just came to tell some people today, the sickness does not make you less than. Sickness does not make you weak. Sickness does not make you less spiritual. Sickness makes you human. Welcome to earth. We're human. And we get sick physically and mentally. Stop shaming people. How do we shame people? Because when somebody says, yeah, you know what? I, I, I got anxiety. What do we do? We, we go, well, sorry, bud. Maybe, uh, maybe you should pray more. May, I don't know. It's like maybe, maybe your faith is not strong enough. I think if you just get some more faith. I don't know. Last time I checked, all Jesus needs to move a mountain is the size of a mustard seed. 
And I think so often when we talk about faith, it's always big. It's always grand. It's always, you know, supernatural. It's right now. But like I've learned faith is not like that. It is. But you know what also it is? It's, it's tiny. And God's so good. He wants you to know that if all you have is this much, I can move mountains. Because it's not about you. It's about him. It's not about your faith. It's about the one you're putting your faith in. It's not about your prayers. It's about the one you're praying to. It's not about your songs. I don't care how hard you dance. If you don't sing to the right one, nothing's happening. It's just an emotional experience. Can we get real today? I don't want an emotional experience. You know, so many people, they think they're on fire for God. But when they leave places like this and the storms of life hit them, they realize, they discover, they were just sensing the heat from everybody around them. I don't have time to just sense heat. I don't have time to try to make myself feel good. That Oh, my faith is awesome. My prayers are great. My worship's amazing. I don't care anymore. You know what I care about? It's the one I'm going to because he's the only one who can set us free. He's the only one who can put my feet back on solid ground. He's the only one who can reach down and pull me out of the muck and the mire. He's the only one who can truly set me free. Stop being so impressed with yourself. Start being impressed with God. I told our young people this a couple weeks ago, but it's, it's crazy. It's like, it's like our favorite worship songs are the ones about our devotion. You know, I love how he loves so much because it's all about him. And there I am in a moment to be like, yeah, you love me. Okay, okay. Oh, you love me. I love you. Like, Shh. It's healthy every once in a while to just sit in God's love. I know Elevation just dropped a new album called Lion. I'm sponsored, so I have to. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. But you should check it out and you should buy it. And no, I'm kidding. Okay, it's like calm down. Um, but there's a song on there and it's called like um. It's like I'm the one or something like this by uh, Chandler, and he and he sings about how I'm the one he loves. I'm the one he loves. It's me, and we get so uncomfortable on that sometimes. But I'm telling you. That will do wonders for your faith. It'll do wonders for your faith. It will, it will transform your faith. It will transform your walk with God when we just take the posture of John and we lean on the chest of Jesus and go, I'm, I'm your favorite, God. Because his, his love isn't wavering. It's us that waver. This isn't even part of my notes. I just, where am I at? Yeah, I just think we as the church, we need to remove the stigma. We need to remove the shame. We need to walk this thing together. I don't want you leaving this building today thinking, okay, I got this. No, 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 no. This is what I want you to do. Okay, who am I linking arms with? Okay, what house group am I getting into? Because Sunday, it's not enough. It's a good start. You need this. We need this. But if anything, this is inspiration to get you to go to real change, to get together with a small community of people. And let's pray together. Let's, let's talk about tough questions. Let's, let, let's go through this together. You weren't meant to walk this life on your own. You were meant to walk this life with people.
And I, t- I see in the Gospels all the time. And I, I, see, I see throughout the Gospels, um, you know, Jesus would work these amazing miracles. And, and we always really focus on that. But, but something that always catches my attention is these people that brought the person in need of healing to Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I don't have time to give you all the examples, but it happens quite often where it's like, okay, these people, they, they were there and they, they brought this guy to Jesus or, 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 or these people, they, they cried out, they begged Jesus, Jesus, please heal. And I just, I don't know, I had this sense, just ask this question today. Are you okay just being identified as some people sometimes? I don't know about you, but I just want to, I'm okay with just being a part of the some people. You know, the Bible, it doesn't say, well, it was, it was, uh, you know, Deacon Thomas and, and Pastor Peter and Mr. and Mrs. Bartholomew. And, and it doesn't name people a lot of the times because it doesn't want you to get caught up in who did it. It doesn't want you to get caught up. And I just think like as the church, we've got to get okay with just being a part of the some people crowd. So I heard it said like this once, do you want titles or do you want testimonies? We love titles, man. I'm doctor, you know, PhD, MD, help me out. The third, what? I don't know. I'm <laughs> pastor. Hey, everybody, my name is Pastor Stephen. It's on my birth certificate, you know. I'm, t- I'm a man of the cloth or very nice denim. Um, it's, that's who I am. It's my, it's my title. It's not a big deal. How, how are you talking to me like that? Do you, you know who I am? Like, excuse me. Last time I checked, we all need Jesus. Last time I checked, the same blood that it took to get me into the kingdom, it took to get you into the kingdom. Last time I checked, Jesus came and he equaled the playing field. Last time I checked, I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. We get so elite sometimes because I'm like, man, my face, awesome. I fast. I pray. I come to church. Guess what? You're no better than the other people that don't. Jesus loves you the same as he loves me. It's unique, sure. But he does not love you more than he loves me. He does not love me more than he loves you. And I think, man, I, I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't want to get caught up in titles. I want to get caught up in testimonies. I don't care what my title is. I might not be pastor forever. Who knows what God has for me? All I want to know is when I get to the end of my life is that I did not collect titles. I collect testimonies. That man, when I get to the end of my life, I saw God move. I saw God heal. I saw God touch people's lives and flip it upside down. I saw God fill people up with his love. I saw God meet people where they're at with his mercy, with his grace, with his forgiveness, with his value, with his identity. I saw God move. I saw God open blind eyes. I saw God heal broken bones. I saw God do it time and time again and so I encourage you today because he did it yesterday he can do it today and because he did it today he can do it tomorrow I want to be a part of the some people if I get a title I don't care if people don't remember my name I don't care I want them to remember Jesus' name so we live in this world today where everybody has an opinion about everything because somebody say, go there. No, don't make me. Don't make, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I mean, I'm, I said this in the first service, but it's just funny to think about, like, as I speak, I'm sure there's some people in the room, some people online, maybe, like, what does he know? <laughs> I read this study, and it was like, and I'm just like, I don't, it doesn't matter. 
Can I tell you, people don't need your opinions. They need your love. People don't need your opinions. They need to know they're valuable. People don't need your opinions. They don't need your advice. They just need someone to love them, to be there for them, to stand with them, to pray with them, to call them at two in the morning, to walk with them, get coffee with them, buy food for them. I don't know what it is. But this is the way God moves. God, he, he uses people to get people to God. How did Paul say it? Paul said, he said, I, I plant seed. Apollos waters seed, but only God makes it grow. See, he gave God glory, but he did not negate the fact that him and Apollos did something. And he wants, I think God wants us to know that God gets the glory. Amen. Amen. But you and I, we get to play a role. We get to have the opportunity to get people to Jesus. I'm way over my time. I hope that's, hope you guys are doing okay. I don't preach very often, so sorry. No, no, I didn't mean that like, I don't get to preach very often, so I'm going to go. I just meant like, I don't know what I meant. I'm going to move on. Um, please forgive me. I don't know what I do. Um, I didn't mean it like that. I swear, I swear. We, uh, but I just, we need to agree on this. Like, I'm not trying to force you to do anything. I just, I, my, it's just my hope that we would agree, that we would leave here and we would agree that we could remove the stigma of mental health. Because I know Bob McGregor's going to, he's going to come up here and he's going to tear this place up. It's going to be good. So I don't need to go to all the places. I know he's going to go to all the places, but if I could just lay the groundwork, if I could just say, let's get the shame out now. Let's get the, let's get the stigma out now. Let's get this weird thing out now where we want to hide. No, no, no. Open. And Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, you just can't. Just, I just, you can't make that stuff up. If you're watching online and you didn't hear it, it was somebody's ringtone, but. Or was it the Lord? I don't know. <laughs> da, 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 da. Okay. Like, Witchcraft. What? We need to move on. This is bad. This is why I don't preach very often. So, um, we're all giggling, man. It's like, this is awesome. I love you guys. Um, yeah, yeah, we. <laughs> Can I just tell some people today, sickness is not your identity. Sickness is not your weakness. Sickness is not what defines you. Sickness is what you are going through. Can I say it like Paul? Can I say it like Paul? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us power, love, and a sound mind. I want to declare this over you today. God has not given you a sick mind. God has given you a sound mind. God has not given you a sick mind. He's given you a powerful mind. God has not given you a sick mind. He's given you a loving mind. He's given you the mind of Christ. He has given you a sound mind. Come on. Is anybody thankful that God does not just leave us where we're at? But he says, I'm going to put a new spirit in you. I'm going to take that heart of stone. And I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to put my spirit on the inside of you and no longer do you carry a spirit of fear. You carry a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. 
You know, there's some really practical things. I'll give you some practical things today. Let me go quick because I don't have time. But like there was some things that came up in the first. I just feel like, why not? Why not? I, I just, this is crazy because you're going to be like, duh. But it's like, can we drink more water? I'm serious about this. I joked about it in the first, but I'm serious about it. Like, like I, I'm, I'll ask people, like, they're like, I'm not doing so good. I'm like, how much water are you drinking? They're like, what's water? Like, <laughs> or they're like, I don't, I just, I don't like how water tastes. I'm like, what does that mean? Drink, drink some water, man. Like, I, 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 it's funny. I'll be like, put some ice cubes in there. Like, I never thought of that. It's a good idea. I like cold water, man. It's like water has been shown just to, it's science, man. Yeah. It improves your, it improves your mental health. Are you drinking enough water? How many Red Bulls have you had? Hey, I got no room to talk. I grew up on chocolate milk, okay? It's just like... Stop at the gas station, right, mom? Give me a half gallon of chocolate milk. Just, I'm not even kidding. I'd finish it in an hour. That was chunky. Um, drink some water, man. Drink some water. Um, how, how are you sleeping? Are you sleeping? If you need to, melatonin. I mean, just sleep. So important. Are you exercising? Like, whoa, whoa, bro, don't tell me to exercise, man. Could you, if you're able, I'm not trying to like shame anybody, but if you're able, like 20 minutes of walking has shown to improve mental health, improve emotional health. In fact, Jesus, Jesus, he'll even say, he talks about not having anxiety for tomorrow. He'll say, I want you to consider the lilies. I want you to consider the birds of the air. Again, I have to say it, I hate birds. But for some reason, God, he wants us to stop. But how do we do that? We got to go outside. Go for a nature walk. We have so many trails here. Is this, is this helping anybody? I don't know. I, I just... Oh, yeah. Uh, never mind. I won't pick on him. No, I got to pick on him. We were, in the, we were in the gym. Was that yesterday? Yeah? No, it was the day before. Me, Takoa, and Joel. And uh, we were lifting. And then I saw Takoa and Joel in front of the mirror. They were like flexing. And I was like, amateurs. So I walk, <laughs> you know, walk over, hike up the shirt. You may not know it, but I'm just kidding. Calm down. But we all started flexing. And I was like, yeah, I got better, bigger arms than Joel. It's not a big deal. Um, <laughs> he's young and jacked, but it's, it's all good. It's, 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 it's not a big deal. Okay, shut up. Um, <laughs> You know, I told him it was funny because I like I pastored him. I was like, I was like, listen, dude, like I don't work out for vanity, okay? It's like I work out for my sanity. Yeah, and he was like, okay. <laughs> um, time we got twelve twenty. I don't know. We have to figure out where anxiety's coming from. We got to identify the root. I think so often we, we treat symptoms, we don't treat the root, right? I can go into gardening, but you all know what I'm talking about. Like, if you want to get some out, you got to go to the roots. Like, you can, you can keep pulling it up, but if you don't get to the roots, guess what? It's going to come back. And I think so often we, we treat symptoms, but we don't actually stop and think, what caused this? And I'll, I'll, I'll go on record to say sometimes anxiety is completely illogical. It's not scalable. 
There's no formula for it. It's not comparable. Like what makes me anxious doesn't make you anxious. And what makes you anxious doesn't make me anxious. And you look at my anxieties and you're like, that's stupid. But then I look at your anxieties and I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Right? It's just like, this is how it works. And again, we're removing that stigma where, where when somebody opens up about anxiety, we're like, dude, I'm with you. And when I open up about anxiety, you're like, dude, I'm with you. Right? But like, sometimes anxiety is illogical, but most times you can actually track where it's coming from. It's these things called triggers. There's things that are triggering anxiety. There's things that are triggering depression. There's things that are triggering grief and triggering these emotional and mental issues that we are having. And if we just take some time and stop, because can I say it this way? You can't solve what you don't know. You can't solve what you don't know. That's one thing we do. Number two, we can change our mind. Change your mind about what? Change your mind about yourself. Because so often the way we think about ourselves is so negative. It's so negative. And we wouldn't talk about our worst enemies like we talk about ourselves. But humanity, 100% of the time, that we found out that you will behave according to the way you believe. So when you think that you're less than, you'll behave like you're less than. When you think that you don't deserve it, you'll behave like you don't deserve it. When you think you're going to screw up, you'll behave like you're going to screw up. When you think you're broken, you'll behave like you're broken. So we have to actually stop and go to God's word because God's word supersedes our feelings. And it reminds me, it reminds you, you're not your past. You're not your mistakes. You're not your failures. You're a child of God. You're a child of God. Come on, can anybody just get joyful and just get thankful that today God calls you his child? Come on, can we give him praise? Just break the silence right now. Don't get quiet on me. You're a child of God. You might have made mistakes, but you are not a mistake. You might have failed, but you're not a failure. You're who God says you are. There's this thing called the spotlight effect. And I don't have too much time, but it's a psychological term, and it's where we think everybody is looking at us, and here I am literally in the spotlight as I'm talking about this. But we, we have blemishes. We have, I don't know, things that are wrong with us on the outside, even things that are wrong with us on the inside. And we think everybody notices it. We think everybody sees it. But the reality is, is nobody does. Because what psychologists will tell us is the spotlight effect is actually not true. You know where everybody's spotlight is? It's on themselves. We we, we get so much social anxiety because we think people are, look at us. And we think people care, but they don't. I struggle, man. I struggle with this. You know how oftentimes I I think people care that I don't have hair? Isn't that weird? Can I just be vulnerable? Is that okay? But every time I come and I preach with no hat on, everybody's like, you look good. And I'm like, thanks. I've gotten a couple of jokes, but it's okay. And then me and the bald guys, we get together. We're like, yeah, right? It's cool. (laughs) We were like, we were like, listen, anybody can shave their head. It takes work to do this, okay? I don't know. You just got to make it positive. Just make it positive. Because <laughs> what you think about yourself is determining the direction of your life. Last thing we do is we, we, could, we catastrophize. What does that mean? It means that we take our circumstance and we make them into worst case scenarios. 
So many of us do this. We doesn't matter what it is. You know, you know the, have you ever gotten the text or the email like, "Hey, can we talk?" And you're like, "Sure." Uh, right now? And you're like, "In two weeks." And you're like, "No." <laughs> right now, right? Because what happens? You know, so many so many things trigger this. But what do we do? We begin to wade into our mind. It's like we we go inward and we just start swimming through all the worst case scenarios. What are they gonna say? What are they going to do? Are they going to tell me they hate me? Are they going to tell me I'm a screw up? Are they going to tell me I failed again? Are they going to tell me that I'm fired? Are they going to tell me that the relationship is over? Are they going to evict me? What is going to happen? One of my favorite quotes says, worry only makes you suffer twice. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. But what does Jesus say? He says, don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about all these things. Don't worry about all these things. This is what I want you to do, church. I want you to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all the stuff you're worried about, it'll be added to you. Because he's a good father. Because he's going to come through time and time again. And even if that person does break your heart, even if that worst case scenario does happen, he's going to walk through you with the valley. He's going to walk through you in the pain. He's going to walk through you in your darkest night. He's going to be with you. And God forbid that we would be part of a church. Come on. That we're a part where we can walk in here and we can be real with each other. Ooh, I'm about to fall off. Maybe I'm supposed to come down here. I don't know. I don't want to hide anymore. I don't want you to hide anymore. I got to get back up here. This is awkward. Don't hide anymore. Bring that thing into the light. You don't have to suffer by yourself. I don't know who I'm talking to today. Oh, friend, you don't have to hurt anymore by yourself. You don't have to wade through the darkness of your mind by yourself anymore. You could tell somebody. God wants to shine his light on your darkness. I think if it's okay, I want, can I go to that story again? There's a story in Mark 8. There's a story in Mark 8 because I'm just convinced there may be some people in here and you're saying, you know what, I've tried. You know, I've done this before. I've been here before. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. And there's a story in Mark chapter 8 and it's one of my favorite stories, but Jesus, he gets feeding, gets on feeding 4,000 people. And he comes to this village called uh, Bethsaida. And these people, some people, some people, they bring this man, this blind man to Jesus. And they say, they beg him, the Bible says, Jesus, please, this man is blind. We, we heal him. We know if you touch him that you can heal him. We know if you touch him, you can transform him. And I love what Jesus does. Because so many times when you read the Bible, you see, okay, Jesus, he's so faithful. He lays his hands and he heals. And he's so good. He's our healer. He's our miracle worker. He's our way maker. Come on, somebody. But Jesus does something very peculiar. So a couple peculiar things happen in this story. He takes the blind man by the hand. And he walks him out of the village. I don't know why. But something about it. God, I just feel like God told me to tell some people. Some miracles. Some healings. 
they need to happen outside the crowd. See, if all we have is the crowd, if all we have is Sunday, there's so many miracles and healings we might be missing out on. Can I just say it like this? You need to get alone with Jesus, but you also need to be okay with getting alone with somebody who's a professional, with somebody who knows what they're doing. Jesus, he, he takes this man out, which I believe he's taken him on a journey. Some of you are on a journey. Can I say it like this? Mental health, sometimes it's not an overnight fix. Sometimes it's a journey. I just think this, this picture is so beautiful. He said, let's go on a journey. I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to lead you. I know you can't see, but we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. I'm not preaching to anybody today. Jesus, he, he leads him out. And I love this so much. I love this so much. Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. King of kings, Lord of lords, healer of all healers. He is healing. He spits on the man's eye and he touches the man. And then he says, what do you see? Do you see anything? And the man goes, well, I see people walking around. They look like trees. And I've heard people preach this and it's good. I love it. They're like, that's because he got his spiritual sight back. I'm like, I don't preach. You know, because we're, 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 we're mighty oaks of righteousness planted by the waters. <laughs> and I think it's so good. That's so good. But I don't know. I'm just, I see it a different way. I just don't think he got fully healed yet. But whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. This is Jesus we're talking about. If, if Jesus touched, it did, let, me make, let me be clear. I don't think Jesus did it because he couldn't. Jesus could do whatever he wants. I think Jesus wanted to give you and me a picture that sometimes you got to pray more than once. That sometimes you got to go more than once. That sometimes there's healings that are not an overnight fix. There's healings that don't happen in a moment. There's healings that are a part of a journey of walking with Jesus and walking with a community and walking with friends and walking with family. And we go on a journey of healing. What does the Bible say? It says, once more. Someone say, once more. It says, once more. Jesus, he, he put his hands on the man, and he was healed. <laughs> he was healed. His eyesight was restored. And I just came to tell some people today, how many times do I have to respond to get my anxiety cured? How many times do I have to respond to get my depression taken away? How many times do I have to respond to get this craziness out of my head? Can I tell you, always once more. Go to Jesus once more. Go to Jesus once more. You ask, what if I go today and he doesn't heal again? Can I encourage you? <laughs> go once more. Keep going to him because he's faithful and he doesn't shy away from your pain. He doesn't shy away from the healing that you need. He's on a journey with you and he's saying, I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. And once more, I'll touch you. And once more, I'll restore you. And once more, I'll give you my mercy. And once more, I'll give you my grace. And once more, I'll give you my forgiveness. And once more, I'll fill you with my love. And once more, I'll set you back up on your feet. And once more, I'll put you on a firm foundation. And once more, I'll pull you out of the muck and the mire. And once more, friend. Once more. Once more. I don't know you're here today. Can I, can I applaud you today? If anybody's in here and you are struggling with these things, can I just applaud you today?
Thank you for surviving. You might not feel like you're thriving, but there are some seasons and there are some moments that you're not called to thrive, you're just called to survive. There are some moments and there are some seasons where you're not called to conquer, you are called to simply endure. It's okay to not be okay. It's not a sin to be sick. There's no shame in your mental health. There's no shame in your mental brokenness. There's no shame in your emotional brokenness. There's no shame in what happened to you. There's no shame in what you did. There's no shame. For there is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. <laughs> I would encourage you today, if you're like, am I in Christ Jesus? Let's change that. It's the free gift of salvation. It's free. And if you're here and you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, if you want to make a decision to make him the Lord and Savior of your life, maybe you feel like you've been really far from God and you found yourself in church today. Maybe you're watching online. You've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you walked away from God. Can I encourage you? Can I, can I, can I lift you up a little bit? Jesus has not walked away from you. Jesus is here right now. So we can close our eyes all over this place. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. And then we're going to sing. We're going to lift our hands to heaven and we're going to just let God do what only he can do. We're going to go once more. Jesus, we thank you. I pray for any person in this room, Jesus, that just wants to make a decision today to make you the Lord and Savior of your life. God, I thank you that you love us so well. And God, you, you declare in your word, salvation, righteousness, holiness is a gift. So if there's anybody in here today and you just want to make a decision, the Bible says we have all fallen short of the glory of God, but it's the gift of God is eternal life. And the Bible says that Jesus, there's this beautiful picture. He knocks on the door of your heart and he asks a simple question. Will you let me in? He will not force his way in. But if you'll open up your heart today, he'll walk right in and he'll change your life forever. That's you. Would you just show me your hand right now so I can pray for you? Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Come on. Thank you. I see your hand. I see it. Come on. Anybody else? We just declare today is your day. Today is your day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come on. Can we give God praise in this place? Can we join with angels? Welcome to the family of God. Welcome. You belong. Thank you, Jesus.